This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badweeny. Last week, we got the biggest NFL headline since the Matthew Stafford trade. We have Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz being traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick in this year's draft, 2021, and a second-round pick in 2022 that can be turned into a first if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps during the 2021 season. Now, I, I really love this trade for the Colts. I think th- this is the probably, besides trading for Sam Darnold, the best option at quarterback they could have gone to without trading up in the draft. Wentz and uh, Colts head coach Frank Reich have a great relationship. Uh, Reich was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles in 2017 when Wentz was having that uh, MVP calib- caliber season, and the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl, obviously, with uh, Nick Foles. But I think the Colts definitely going to step up in quarterback play from Phillip Rivers. And I think Reich will be able to bring the best out of Wentz in, in that offensive system. However, for the Eagles, I, I feel they kind of really didn't get too much uh, compensation-wise. That They're taking a, a huge, huge cap hit uh, from that dead money from the Wentz contract. So they're, so they're going to be stuck. Um, it's looking like Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles going into 2021. But we'll have to see if the Eagles decide to draft a quarterback at six or maybe bring in a veteran to try and compete with Hurts. We'll see how that goes. But, yes, Carson Wentz to the Colts, and that was our, our biggest story of the week. In some other quarterback news, uh, the, the Steelers have uh, a, a, apparently the past few weeks been trying to restructure Ben Roethlisberger's contract for the 2021 season. Go, going into uh, the offseason season. Ben has a $41.25 million cap hit, and I think the team's going to be trying to restructure that since they're going to be about $10 million over the cap heading into the offseason, and they really need to free up some money to bring back some players, try and keep that defensive core intact, bring back some weapons for Ben. But Roethlisberger is definitely not worth a $41 million cap hit. I, I think the, the Steelers and, and him should be able to be able to reach an agreement, bring it down to maybe at most 20 million, keep it around the the higher teens. Ben is not an elite level quarterback anymore. He, he's still great. He can still win games, but he's not what he used to be, and he definitely does not deserve that 40 million dollar cap hit. And if he wants to do his best for the team, he's got to restructure that a little bit. The main problem here with the Steelers is they really just don't have a, a backup plan or, or somebody waiting in the wings to take over for for Ben once he's done playing. Mason Rudolph, he, he's had a, a few chances to show he's he's uh, capable of, of handling a starting quarterback spot, but he, he's he's nothing special. He's a, he, He'll be a career backup, nothing special about him. But, hey, uh, Steelers, we got a great 23-year-old quarterback over here in New York who's who, who would I think would really fit well in that Steelers offense, learning behind Big Ben for a year, uh, maybe, maybe less. <laughs> but uh, regardless... Titans first round pick from the 2020 draft uh, offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson he says he's done in Tennessee in a since deleted tweet that was put out this past week uh, Wilson was a bit of a shock going in the first round last year he was considered more of a project not a, not somebody who'd be ready to play day one and from the second he was drafted by the Titans there's been nothing but issues in August before training camp he was put twice on the reserve COVID-19 list he was involved in an incident at Tennessee State University in which police responded to the smell of marijuana at an off-campus apartment. 
wrote that the player went to the second floor balcony where he appeared to, be, to briefly consider jumping, per the Associated Press, and Wilson was arrested and charged with a DUI the month afterwards. So obviously not a great start to his career. Uh, Wilson has all the, all the tools to become uh, a, a great tackle in the league, someone who could be serviceable, maybe, maybe even start for uh, however many years, but he just he needs to, to get it all together. If it's not going to be with the Titans, it's going to be somewhere else. I'm sure if he's cut, or maybe maybe I doubt anyone would, would trade for him at this point, but, but someone will definitely take a flyer on him, see if they can kind of salvage his career, get his head back on straight. Um, you hate to see that kind of stuff. I, I think I think he'll, he can be a good player if he gets his head right. And some other quarterback news. Uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported recently that before the Jets make any decision on Sam Darnold uh, about trading him, because everyone figured after the Wentz deal that uh, Darnold was the next quarterback domino to fall. The Jets are going to do their homework on uh, every single draft-eligible quarterback before making any move. Uh, th- this this is pretty much just common sense. I mean, wh- why would you make a decision on Sam if, you, if you're not sure about these quarterbacks in the draft, if you're not sure about how Fields would fare or how Wilson's going to look in the NFL? I guess you could throw Lance in there if you want to, but uh, that would only really be, I feel like, a trade-back scenario. I don't think he'd go as high as two. But it, it, it's just common sense for the Jets. Uh, don't jump the gun before you know what you got. I mean, they could they could finish their evaluations of all the quarterbacks and come away with, yes, yeah, Sam's still the best one. And honestly, at this point, I, I trust Joe Douglas. I, cu- I, I trust the coaching staff. Uh, whatever they're, they're going to do at quarterback, I'll have faith in going into 2021. If it's Sam Darnold, then I, I believe Sam Darnold's better than the, the two rookie quarterbacks coming out this year. Um, if it's Wilson, then I, I believe Wilson's better than Fields or Darnold. If it's, you know... It's uh, either way you cut it. I, I trust this front office. I trust this coaching staff to make the right decision, and I think whatever they, whatever they uh, what answer they come up with will be the best uh, decision for the Jets moving forward. So since there's not a lot of current NFL news, I, I figured we take a, a different approach to today's episode. I, I've got a list of the top 50 NFL free agents going into this, the 2021 offseason uh, via Pro Football Focus. I figured we go through the list, talk about each player. Uh, I'll tell you where I think they're, they're going to sign, if they could re-sign, if they're a franchise tag candidate. Speaking of, the franchise tag window opened yesterday for teams to franchise tag players who are eligible. I, I don't really think any any specific player sticks out the most to be the most franchise eligible. Maybe Marcus May of the Jets, if uh, if, if the Jets don't, don't want him to test the water of the free agency. The safety franchise tag is not that expensive this year. It's around like $10.5 million, which is nothing. Um, if, if the Jets really want to, they could tag May. Uh, but other than that, looking around the NFL, there's not a lot of, lot of players that could receive that tag going into this, uh, this cash-strapped offseason we're about to go into. So kicking off the list, the best NFL free agent that will be available on the market this offseason is quarterback Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. Dak's an interesting case. I think his stock increased a lot this this season after watching what happened to the Cowboys offense after Dak went down. You had Andy Dalton in there struggle for the first few games. You had Ben DiNucci. You had the other uh, undrafted free agent rookie that played against the uh, the Steelers. I can't recall his name at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Cowboys do really need Dak, and that was really shown this year after he, he went down. I think the Cowboys will definitely re-sign Dak, and if they can't come to an agreement with the, with the long-term contract, they'll just slap him with the franchise tag again because I don't think he'll be going anywhere. Next up on the list is wide receiver Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Godwin's an elite wide receiver in the league currently. I think he's best in the slot. 
Uh, he had an outstanding 2019 season, which, which was considered his breakout. His production dropped off a little bit in 2020, but I feel that's less because of, uh, of, of like talent himself, more it is than uh, Tom Brady coming in, distributing the ball around more and more. The signing of, of Antonio Brown, and uh, Godwin was also uh, injured a little bit towards the beginning of the season. But I, I, I don't see uh, the, the Bucks letting Godwin walk. He either will get franchise tagged or signed to a contract extension before he hits the open market. Number three is Allen Robinson, wide receiver from the Chicago Bears. Robinson, he can't help but feel sorry for the guy. He's an elite wide receiver who's been playing with below average quarterbacks since he's came into the league. He's had Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles throwing him the ball his entire career. It's about time he finally goes to a good team that has good quarterback play so he can really, uh, really, really just, just explode. I feel if he goes to a good team with a good quarterback, he will easily start to be grouped in with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Um, I think he really deserves it, and I, I, I think he should go to a team with a good offense and a good quarterback play. So with that said, I think Allen Robinson is going to sign with the Baltimore Ravens, and while I understand that, that Lamar Jackson isn't the, the most polished pocket passer in the NFL, I think he could really open up the offense, and and for the Ravens to actually have a, a, a like a legitimate number one receiver, a threat downfield, it, it opens up the field for Lamar to move around a bit more. Open it maybe uh, attracts some more coverage, so guys like Hollywood Brown and Willie Snead can get open more. I, I think that would be a great fit, uh, Allen Robinson to the Baltimore Ravens. Coming in at number four is our third wide receiver straight, it's Kenny Galladay. He's a wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. I've always been a fan of Galladay's. He's kind of a little bit under the radar because he plays for the Lions. The Lions are never really that good. But I, I think he deserves to, to play somewhere somewhere better with more of a spotlight. However, I do think he will either re-sign with the Lions, and if a, an agreement can't be reached, I think the Lions will definitely franchise tag him. He's just he's too good of a receiver to let walk, and if you let him walk, you also have Marvin Jones, who's going to be coming up on the list later, who's also a free agent. He's going to walk. Who's Jared Goff going to be throwing to? So they got to keep somebody around. Unfortunately for Galladay, I think it's going to be him, either with a, a new contract or the franchise tag. Next up at number five, we have Trent Williams, left tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Williams was an, an interesting case, uh, not this season, but the one before that. He was with the Washington football team, but he, he, he held out for the 2019 season because team doctors failed to diagnose a, uh, a tumor that was on his brain. And he was he sat out for the 2019 season to get treatment, and just out of I guess uh, protest against the the Washington team. So he was traded uh, during the draft for I think a second and fifth round picks from uh, the 49ers, and I, I think he he's a he's a well he's a free agent going into this offseason, but I think he's going to resign with the 49ers if if they want to keep their Super Bowl window open, they're going to need that left tackle and. Uh, Trent Williams definitely has a few more elite left tackle years left in him. I think he'll resign with the 49ers. Next up at number six, we have safety Anthony Harris from the Minnesota Vikings. Anthony Harris has quietly been one of the best safeties in football for the past few seasons. Um, he's received some of the highest PFF grades of any safeties over the past two years. I believe 2018 was when he really uh, got started to get playing time after a few injuries. Um, he is a tackling machine. He, can, he plays well in coverage, and I, I, I think he'll, he'll be a little too expensive for the Vikings to bring back, with, especially with Harrison Smith play, or playing the other, other safety position. He's got a lot of money invested in him, so I, I think uh, the Vikings will let Harris walk, 
and he will sign. He was gonna. He's gonna go sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they got a boatload of money and a lot of holes to plug on both sides of the football. And he'll be a nice, uh, nice piece to have to shore up that defense, especially the uh, back end. Next up is safety Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos, another uh, top safety in the game right now. He he can he can cover. He can tackle. He can do it all. He's a great all-around safety. Uh, I, I I see a lot of uh, Eddie Jackson. Uh, from from Justin Simmons and they, they they were both coached early on by the same guy Vic Vangio. Uh, he was the Bears defensive coordinator for a few years, but I think uh, Justin Simmons, who played on the franchise tag last season, is finally going to get the payday he's been waiting for, and he'll be in Denver for a long time. So uh, I think he'll resign with the Broncos. Coming at number eight, we have linebacker Levante David, the captain of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Um, he's not going anywhere. I, I'm sure he will take a pay cut to stick around if he has to. But, yeah, Levante David, one of the best inside linebackers in all of football, didn't really get a lot of recognition until this year when the Bucks started getting some more national spotlight. But he's not leaving. He'll be on the Buccaneers next season. He will resign. Coming up at number nine, we have wide receiver Will Fuller the fifth from the Houston Texans. Will Fuller reminds me a lot of Robbie Anderson, but with elite quarterback play. He's a he's a really great deep threat with, with speed that you cannot teach. There's some injury concern, and he was also suspended for the last few weeks of the, uh, the regular season, which sucked for guys like me who had him in fantasy. But um, he, w- he was really great for Deshaun Watson, and I-, I think he will sign with the Green Bay Packers, who uh, there was reported reportedly interest around the trade deadline for Will Fuller between those two teams. But uh, a deal never got done, but I think he will go to the Packers in free agency. And Aaron Rodgers will finally have another weapon uh, alongside Devontae Adams to throw to. So Devontae doesn't have to get triple covered every single snap. (laughs) Coming in at number 10, we have edge rusher Shaq Barrett from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaq uh, broke out in the 2019 season with 20 sacks. Production dropped off this year in the statistical department. However... He was still a, a force off the edge. Him and JPP provided a formidable duo at both of those edge rusher spots, and I don't think he'll be going anywhere. I, I think it's possible that Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Chris Godwin all take pay cuts to try and keep that uh, Super Bowl core intact to try and make another run next year. So, uh, yeah, Shaq Barrett I think will be back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming up next we have offensive guard Brandon Sheriff of the Washington football team. Sheriff's interesting. He's definitely one of the best guards in all of football. However, his availability is usually spotty. He usually misses around like like six games a season. It's tough because he's really great, but he also misses a lot of games. Um, however, I, I don't think he'll be going anywhere. I think the Washington football team is really trying to make sure that offensive line's ready for whoever the next quarterback will be. I think Sheriff will definitely resign with Washington, and they'll, they'll try and keep it going depending on who that quarterback is next season. Coming in at 12, we have wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh. Juju's a, a he's a, he's really young for uh, for the NFL. He's 24 years old, about to enter free agency. He had uh, his his uh, second year in the league. He broke out with 100 catches, 1,100 yards, double digits, and touchdowns. But that was also the season he played he played opposite side of uh, Antonio Brown, and that definitely helps out a lot. And and in the two seasons since Brown's departed from Pittsburgh. Juju's been serviceable. He's been nothing, been nothing spectacular, but he's he's a serviceable, good slot receiver. And I, I think with the uh, emergence of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, I think there's, it's a safe bet that Juju will, will be leaving Pittsburgh. I don't think they're going to have the money to bring him back. And I, I think it's possible he could come to the Jets. 
uh, the Jets are in desperate need of, of wide receiver talent, and he's just the guy the Jets could be looking for to try and ignite that spark in the locker room, hopefully positively, not negatively, and he lays off the TikTok a little bit. At 13, we have tight end Hunter Henry from the Los Angeles Chargers. Henry's a, a, a young, talented tight end. He's dealt with some injuries to start off his career, but he, whenever he's playing, he's always on. Him and Herbert were building up quite a chemistry t- towards the end of, the, of last season. They were connecting every week. Um, but I, I just don't think he'll he'll come back to the Chargers. He was playing on the franchise tag this past season, and I think they have they can really uh, uh, invest their money elsewhere on the along some holes on, on the offensive line. Um, I, I think Henry's going to walk, and he'll sign with the Jaguars, and he'll take from their boatload of money, and he'll, he'll be a, a a good safety blanket for rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Coming in at 14, we have defensive end J.J. Watt of the Houston Texans. This is J.J. Watt's first time testing free agency. His entire career, he's always been under contract with the Texans. He's never been able to test the market before, but this is the first time in his career doing that. And uh, J.J. Watt, although he's older, he still has got a lot left in the tank. I, I think this is the perfect time for him to start ring chasing, look going to, to teams with already already established uh, defenses and offenses and just try to uh, contribute and win a Super Bowl. And I think the perfect team for him to do that would either be the Steelers or the Green Bay Packers. Packers because he's from Wisconsin, the Steelers because his two brothers already play there. But if I had to pick one, I would say he's going to sign with the Steelers because who could pass up the opportunity to play with two of their brothers in the NFL? It's probably never been done before. Uh, but yeah, J.J. Watt to the Steelers, I would say it's a pretty safe bet. Coming in at 15, we have quarterback Cam Newton from the New England Patriots. Cam started off strong. Uh, in 2020 with the Pats. The first few games, he was playing pretty good ball. And then he got COVID. He missed two games. And when he came back, he just was never quite the same. He had turnover issues, struggling to get the ball down the field. But uh, I think Cam still has value. Uh, former MVP, he's, I, I've always been a, been a fan of Cam. I, I think he's going to go to the Washington f- football team, reunite with Ron Rivera, and possibly be a stopgap there. Maybe if they draft... They trade up and draft a Trey Lance, or they trade for a Sam Darnold. Um, I think he could be a good veteran bridge slash backup option, especially uh, since he knows Ron Rivera so well. I'm sure they've got a, a great connection. Coming in at 16 is edge rusher Jadavian Clowney. Clowney was looking for a big contract last offseason that he never really got. He ended up having to uh, wait until August to sign a one-year prove-it deal with the Tennessee Titans. And this year didn't really go as planned for him. He, he was placed on injured reserve about halfway through the season, didn't play too much. And he's probably not going to get that payday he was looking for. Uh, so I think he's going to return to the Titans on another prove-it deal and try and stay healthy this year, put together some, some, uh, some good games and try and cash in again in 2022. Coming in at 17, we have tackle Taylor Moten from the Carolina Panthers. Moten has quietly been one of the best tackles in the league. Um, he's his, his play has not dropped off since he, he's come into the league in 2018, and I think he's lined himself up for a great payday from the Carolina Panthers. I don't think they're going to let him walk anywhere. I think they'll, they'll try and keep him in the building and try and resign him to a big contract extension so they don't have to worry about one of those tackle spots for the next five years. Coming in at number 18, we have quarterback Jameis Winston from the New Orleans Saints. Jameis, obviously, was a, the first overall pick in the 2015 draft for the Buccaneers in five seasons. It was a, it was a really, really definition of a mixed bag. He, he threw a lot of touchdowns, threw a lot of yards, but they always came with lots of turnovers. In 2020, he threw for over 5,000 yards and had 30 touchdowns along with 30 interceptions. 
he he was the backup for the New Orleans Saints this past uh, this past season, but he he didn't see a lot of playing time even after Drew Brees went down with those rib injuries. Taysom Hill got the nod to play uh, to be the starter while Brees was out, but I think the the Saints understand what they have in Winston. I think they're going to bring him back on another another one year deal, and I, I think they're going to maybe give him the starting job over Taysom Hill depending how training camp goes if they bring in some other quarterbacks, but. I, if I was a betting boy, I would be placing my money on Winston being the, the starting opening day uh, starting quarterback for the Saints in 2021. Coming in at 19 is guard Joe Thune of the New England Patriots. He, ever since he was drafted, he's been a starter since day one. Thune's never missed a game in his five-year career, and he's, he's improved ever since. He can play anywhere on the offensive line. He can play tackle, he can play guard, he can play center. Um, and before he was set to hit free agency last offseason, the Patriots slapped him with a franchise tag last minute. And according to reports, the Jets were ready to back up the the truck to his house and give him anything he wanted to to come play in New York. And I, I think that approach will not change this offseason. I think the Jets will come back around again with another big offer. Hopefully no franchise tag from the Patriots at the last second. And if everything goes right, he'll be a Jet in 2021. Coming in at number 20, we have safety Marcus Williams of the New Orleans Saints. Marcus Williams has been uh, one of the best safeties in football since entering the league in 2017. Uh, he's infamous for the Minneapolis miracle where he, he blew the tackle on Stefan Diggs on route to that game-winning touchdown, which is a shame because other than that, he's he's been a, a, a fantastic safety for his entire NFL career so far. Um, the Saints signed Malcolm Jenkins last offseason to a two-year deal, which I believe was, was preemptive, uh, already preparing themselves for Marcus Williams to leave in, in this offseason. He's already he's, he's built up his value enough where he's going to get a big contract somewhere, and the Saints just can't afford that. So I'm going to say the, the Colts get one of the, the best safeties in the league with their pool of money, and they, uh, they anchor, up, anchor up the back end of one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the rich get richer here. I think the Colts' defense will be great in 2021. Coming in at number 21, we have cornerback Richard Sherman from the San Francisco 49ers. Sherman's one of the, the best cornerbacks of this decade, uh, the 2010s. He was absolutely fantastic for the Seahawks and the 49ers. But he's uh, he's coming in towards the end of his career here, and I think he's he's either looking to ring chase or be more of a, a mentor slash player coach kind of guy. I, I still am sticking with my belief that he's going to follow Sala here to New York and, and be an extension of the coaching staff as a player. I think he'll sign with the Jets on a one- to two-year deal to stick around for a little bit. Coming in at 22, we have quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins. Fitzmagic, uh, everyone knows Fitzmagic. He's, he's the definition of hot and cold. He... He can have some of the hottest stretches of plays in the NFL from week to week and then just have a game where he throws three interceptions and plays like, you know, garbage. But uh, I, I think the Dolphins will, will bring back Fitz. I think he's won over the locker room. Uh, th- those guys down there have a lot of respect for him, and he's a good backup plan if the Tua project falls through. So I think the, the Dolphins will bring back Fitz on a one-year deal, most likely. Coming in at 23, we have cornerback William Jackson III from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jackson was a first-round pick in 2016 before tearing his pec in training camp. And in his redshirt sophomore season, he posted the sixth-best defensive grade for a cornerback in their second season since 2011. Uh, Jackson was expected to be one of the, the better corners in the league moving off that season, but he's he's been average at best. He's been serviceable. I think the Bengals keep him around. He's homegrown talent. If he's uh, he's been on the cheaper side, which I think he will be, uh, he'll come back at a at a, a decent price, and the the Bengals are able to share up another another spot in their secondary and on their defense.
Coming in at 24 is cornerback Desmond King II. King was a, was a slot corner for the Chargers. That's the team that drafted him. And this past offseason, he was traded to the Titans for a, a six-round pick. And he was pretty solid in his few games with the Titans. He returned a fumble 63 yards for a touchdown uh, in week 12 of this past season. He had a few impact plays, and I, I think the Titans will, will hang on to him. Uh, it wouldn't make sense for them to trade him and just let him walk like that. I mean, I guess it would, but I don't think the Titans' front office wants to look like they just were just burning six-round picks. Probably won't be that expensive, so I say the Titans bring him back. Coming in at number 25, we have defensive lineman Leonard Williams. Former Jet Leonard Williams. I, I got a soft soft spot in my heart for this guy. He's a, he's a really great player. He just he struggles to get to the quarterback sometimes. He, he, he's a, a, a really a dominant force on the defensive line. A lot of things he can do. Um, he, he was playing on the franchise tag this past season, um, and, and he's in line for a payday. I think the Giants re-signed him on, a, on a, a big contract extension. I don't think Dave Gettleman wants to let him walk and, and make that trade a few years ago look pretty dumb to the Jets. They gave up a third and a fifth for him, and I, I, I think the Giants bring him back, Just uh, if, if not because of the player, because Gettleman doesn't want to look wrong. You're listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badman. Coming in at 26, we have center Corey Lindsley of the Green Bay Packers. Lindsley is easily the best center on the free agent market going into 2021, and I think he's in line for a, a pretty legitimate payday here. I think uh, the best fit for him will be the Arizona Cardinals, and I think, I think that's going to that's gonna be who's going to end up signing him. Uh, they got a few holes on their offensive line. Kyler Murray just runs for his life all the time. And finally, he'll have another uh, high-tier offensive lineman to help protect him a little bit as he develops into even more of a superstar. Coming in at 27, we have safety John Johnson III of the Los Angeles Rams. Johnson's one of the best coverage safeties in the NFL, and I, I, I think uh, that... The Rams are really going to try and hold on to this guy. Uh, probably won't be crazy expensive. He's a safety. If, if need be, they can always franchise tag him. And I, th- I think those guys in the Rams defense know they're, they're playing with some special special talents right now. Guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure if, uh, if, it, if it really came down to it, he would pick the Rams over a different destination. Next up is safety Marcus May from the New York Jets. Marcus May has played multiple roles for the New York Jets since entering the league in 2017, being that second-round pick behind Jamal Adams. He's played uh, safety, he's played corner, he's played in the box. You can move him anywhere you want. He's really a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. I, I, I don't think the Jets will be comfortable letting Marcus May walk with no uh, really really backup plan at safety. I think the Jets will bring back May on a, on a, a four-year contract, something like that, three years. And if not, if that, that doesn't work out, I think they'll slap him with the franchise tag. Coming in at number 29, we have cornerback Mike Hilton of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hilton is strictly a slot corner. Uh, he, he can he can uh, cover well. He can play the run well. He can blitz. He's really a, a good all-around nickel corner, and I, I don't think the Steelers are going to let him walk anytime soon. He, he won't be too expensive because he doesn't play a lot of snaps, so I think the Steelers will be able to bring him back on a reasonable contract and lock up that uh, that, that nickel, nickel position for the uh, next few years or so. Coming at number 30, we got another Pittsburgh Steeler, edge rusher Bud Dupree. 
Uh, Dupree broke out in 2019 with uh, with a fantastic performance. He had, a, I believe, he got double digit sacks uh, alongside T.J. Watt. However, Dupree tore his ACL uh, during this season in 2020, and it doesn't look like the Steelers are, will be bringing him back, especially how considering how cap strapped they are. I I, I do think Dupree is gonna gonna cash in, get his payday elsewhere. I think he'll sign with the Colts and uh, and shore up that edge rushing position alongside Justin Houston if they just decide to bring him back. Coming in at number 31, we have cornerback Chidobe Owuze from the Dallas Cowboys. Owuze was uh, one of the only bright spots of the Dallas Cowboys defense in 2020. They were pretty abysmal, uh, pr- pretty abysmal bunch as a, in total of total defense, but Owuze came away with a pretty solid season. I think the Cowboys will learn from their mistake of letting Byron Jones walk last offseason and, and lock up Awuze for the next few years or so, uh, lock down one of those corner spots. Next up at 32, we have tight end Jonu Smith from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Smith is a, a, a very, very solid NFL tight end. He, he does his best work after the catch. He's a, a yards-after-catch guy, rack him up, rack up the yards. Um, I think he's going to be highly coveted this offseason, um, and I think I think after the Chargers let Hunter Henry walk, they'll they'll pursue Jonu Smith to make sure they have a solid tight end that Justin Herbert can rely on uh, moving forward in that offense. Coming in at 33, we have Russell Okung, tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Okung was traded from the, the Chargers to the Panthers before the 2020 season, and he was absolutely fantastic for the Panthers. Uh, he's 33, but he appears to still be playing at a high level. I don't think the Panthers are really interested in looking for another tackle anytime soon, so I think they'll lock up Okung for the next uh, few uh, years he has left in his prime. Next up at 34, we have tackle Alejandro Villanueva. He's a, He's been a solid left tackle for the Steelers over his career. Uh, he's always graded high, reliable, doesn't miss a lot of games. Uh, I just don't think the, the Steelers are going to have enough money to, to bring him back. I think he will move on, and I think he will cash in with the Seahawks, who are going to be missing a few guys on that offensive line, and they definitely need some upgrades, and Villanueva would easily be the the best lineman on that team the second he would sign there. I think the Seahawks should definitely make a push for him. At 35, we have Xavier Woods, cornerback from the Dallas Cowboys. Woods had a solid season in 2020. Cowboys are a tad bit cap-strapped, so I don't think they'll, they're going to have enough money to bring him back, but I think the Jaguars will once again dip into that large amount of money they have and sure up another spot on the defense and get another serviceable corner for them. Next up at 36, we have edge rusher Melvin Ingram III from the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Ingram signs with the Giants. Giants are in need of an edge rusher. They've, they've got great presence on the defensive line, great interior pass rush, but no one can get home, and that's why they need a... A, a, a decent edge rusher, and I think Ingram fits the bill well because he he's not exactly in his prime anymore, but he's still a solid contributor off the edge. I think he'd be a perfect stopgap for the Giants, who will be looking to bring in some young edge rushers this offseason via draft and free agency. Next up is Shaquille Griffin of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Griffin's been a, a solid corner for them ever since they drafted him in 2017. He's pretty much been a starter since then, but he hasn't really seen a lot of positive play until this year, uh, especially in, I believe it was week eight when they played against the Miami Dolphins, and Griffin was able to lock down Devontae Parker, didn't catch a single ball all game. Uh, I think the Seahawks will be able to bring him back on a on a, a pretty team-friendly deal. However, 
At 38, we have another Seattle cornerback in Quentin Dunbar, who I think will not be cashing in with the Seahawks. I think he'll he'll walk. I don't think the Seahawks will be able to afford both Griffin and Dunbar. But, uh, however, I, I still think Dunbar will land somewhere. I think he'll sign with the Cardinals, especially after Patrick Peterson walks. They're going to be needing a starting corner, and I think Quentin Dunbar is a fine stopgap until they find someone who can really uh, actually replace Patrick Peterson. Coming in at 39, we have wide receiver Corey Davis of the Tennessee Titans. Corey Davis was, uh, I, I wouldn't call him a bust, but he has never really lived up to his, his draft status. Which was, he was the fifth overall pick in the 2017 draft. He's become a reliable number two receiver in Tennessee underneath A.J. Brown, but I think uh, the Titans aren't too interested in bringing him back in, on a big contract. I think he'll go elsewhere to cash in. I think the Washington football team could really use his services. Uh, they're looking for a wide receiver, too, next to Terry McLaurin. I think he'd be a, a solid, big-body receiver for a quarterback to throw to, especially in that offense with Terry McLaurin on the other side. Coming in at 40, we have linebacker Jayon Brown of the Tennessee Titans. Brown's uh, he, he's a, a solid linebacker. He, he's got a lot of uh, his, his skill set's very similar to Buffalo linebacker Matt Milano, who we'll be talking about down the list a little bit. Um, he's great in coverage. Uh, he, can, he can stop the run when he needs to. However, I think uh, that the Tennessee Titans will not be able to hang on to Jayon Brown. I think he'll he'll sign a, a big contract this offseason somewhere. I, I think he'll be like the Joe Schobert of the twenty twenty of the twenty twenty offseason. However, I, I think he'll be going over to New England, uh, especially with their depleted linebacker issues. I think he'll be a, a Bill Belichick will know exactly how to use him to his 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 uh, fullest potential, and that'll be a great signing for them. Coming in at 41, we have linebacker Matt Milano of the Buffalo Bills, who I just previously mentioned. Uh, I, I think Milano will definitely resign with the Bills. He's he's a vet. He's been around for a while, and I, I don't think he wants to miss out on whatever Buffalo's building up there right now. So I, I would say the Bills resign Milano. Coming in at 42, who I, I think should be ranked a little bit higher, is running back Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Jones is easily one of the league's most explosive backs. Uh, he, he's he's been fantastic in the Green Bay Packers offense, even with Mike McCarthy to to Lafleur now. However, I I don't think the Packers are going to have enough money to re-sign Jones, and I, I think they can definitely get, uh, if not equal, a little bit less production from a, a lesser back, maybe an AJ Dillon type. But I, I think Jones is going to cash in with the the Dolphins, who have been really struggling with their running game in recent years, and I think they could really use the spark that Jones can provide for that offense. Coming in at 43, we have cornerback Troy Hill of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Troy Hill moved inside to to slot corner this season after previously playing primarily on the outside. Uh, he, he plays well. He's very physical, and I think he's the perfect corner to, to be number two alongside Jalen Ramsey, two or three. Um, he's not going to be too expensive, so I think the Rams will be able to bring him back on a, a cheaper team-friendly deal. Coming in at 44, we have wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. of the Detroit Lions, who has been playing alongside Kenny Galladay for the past few years. Jones is a little bit older, but I, I think he's really going to be looking to cash in this offseason. I don't know if he's going to be ring chasing, but regardless, I think the team that suits his best needs is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who desperately need, need weapons, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming into the fold in 2021. Lawrence is going to need some reliable receivers, and Jones is uh, nothing but reliable when he's healthy. Coming in at 45, we have edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe. Um, Ngakwe has been traded the past two years. He started off with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the, the tweet storm that, that kicked off that holdout was uh, was pretty notable. 
the, the, the Jaguars went on to trade him to the Minnesota Vikings for a second-round pick, and that kind of blew up in the Vikings' faces when they started 0-5, I believe, this past season. After that, after that disastrous start, they traded him to the Baltimore Ravens and recouped, recouped some of that draft capital back. But I, I don't think the Ravens will be sticking with uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who's been kind of a mercenary the past year or so. I, I think he's going to sign with the uh, Buffalo Bills. I think he'll be their, their big splash free agency signing this offseason. They're in desperate need of some, uh, some, some pressure off the edge. That was their big issue on defense going into this season, and I think that stuck with them, and that really hurt them in their playoff loss to the Chiefs. I think the Bills will be back and retooled next season, and with, with edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe, the, the defense could definitely take a step up to something special. Coming in at 46, we have tight end Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams uh, gave tight end Tyler Higby uh, a decent-sized extension uh, before they even gave one to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in 2020. So I think whatever Everett signs for, it's not going to be with the Rams. I, I think the Bengals are going to pick up Everett, give give uh, Joe Burrow a nice tight end, a little safety blanket going into his second season. He needs some more weapons, not just receivers. He needs backs. He needs tight ends. He needs offensive linemen. And I think this is a, a good step in the right direction for the Bengals, giving Burrow some help. Coming in at 47, we have slot corner Brian Poole from the New York Jets. Uh, Poole's been great as a Jet in this past two years. In 2019, he signed a, a one-year, $3 million contract to see if he could cash in this offseason. The market wasn't really there, so he signed another team-friendly one-year, $5 million contract, and he was playing great ball until he went down with an injury about six games into the season. I think he's done with the, the one-year flyers. I think he's, he's going to look to cash in on a multi-year extension. I think the Jets are going to give it to him a little bit on the cheaper side. Uh, I think he sticks with the Jets. He'll be a, a good slot corner for us going into 2021. Coming in at 48 is uh, edge rusher Matthew Judon. is another player that the Jets were linked to last offseason before being slapped with the franchise tag. With the Ravens giving out contracts to Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, and uh, the, the, the Lamar Jackson contracts on the horizon, I don't think they're going to have enough money to keep him around. So I, I think Judon goes to the, goes to the Jets, who is, uh, he, he's, he's, been, he's been linked to the Jets. Apparently Joe, Joe Douglas was a big fan of him. He was with the Ravens when he was drafted, and uh, I think he'll be a great addition to the Jets and a desperately needed edge rusher that we've needed since John Abraham. Coming in at 49, we have linebacker K.J. Wright of the Seattle Seahawks. K.J. Wright's been one of the most consistent linebackers over the, his career in the NFL. He's played for the past 10 years, and I, I, I think he's going to be able to come back on, a, on a, a, a cheaper contract. He's coming off a torn ACL. So I, I, th I think the Seahawks will bring him back on a, on a I don't know, one-year, two-year veteran, veteran minimum contract. And last but not least, coming at number 50, we have defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson of the New York Giants. I think since they're bringing back Leonard Williams on such a big deal, I don't think they'll have enough money to, to keep around another, another presence on that defensive line. So I, I think Dalvin Tomlinson goes to the Jaguars and helps shore up their defensive line, anchors that up. He was solid for the Giants this past season, and I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him. So according to PFF, that was the top 50 free agents going into the NFL offseason of 2021. Those guys will all be, be getting massive paydays, regardless of what team they're playing for. And uh, I'm super excited to see how it's all going to play out. So just a few thoughts before we close off today's episode. Number one, I want to say congratulations to Julius Randle, power forward for the New York Knicks, for becoming an all-star. This is uh, it's a pretty pretty good season for the Knicks so far. I'm a I'm a huge Knicks fan. Uh, really exciting to see them actually good for the first time in I don't know eight years or so. But 
uh, yeah, great, great stuff from uh, from the Knicks. Super excited to see what they do going forward. You've been listening to a Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badweenie.